my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic 4th of July weekend. Uh, hopefully you guys grilled some awesome meat, uh, etc., and had good times with your friends and family. Um, a lot to get to. Man, what a crazy week. Just a, a banner week for our friends on the political left of craziness all around. Uh, a ton to get to. I was joined by my friend Drew Holden. It's always a great time talking to Drew. Uh, we, we, went, we went hard in the paint. Uh, we, went, we went pretty hard today. Uh, we got a little worked up. At least I did. I, I got a little fired up on the podcast today, as, as I do from time to time. Um, yeah, but we covered a lot. Covered a lot of ground. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Before I get to Drew, I need to say hi to our friends over at the Aetherverse. Uh, I really think you guys are going to love this sponsor, the Aetherverse. Um, the Aetherverse is a fantastic new libertarian-leaning sci-fi novel by two outstanding young authors, Joey DeUrso and Eugene Bryan. Uh, the story, it, it's a great story. Uh, more relevant than ever, un- unfortunately. <laughs> um, it makes politics and social satire exciting and fun, mixing ideological debates with stuff like action and space battles and a ton of violence and stuff like that. Uh, it has something for everyone, political intrigue, war stories, romance, humor. It appeals to libertarians and conservatives alike, or basically anybody who's a free thinker, anybody who's against uh, tyranny and big government, I think will really enjoy this book. Best of all, it is fiercely anti-social justice warrior and pulls no punches. And, uh, and r- r- me and Drew are, are going to talk about the, the culture wars a little bit on the podcast today and uh you know we we talk all the time about how the left controls culture and a lot of conservatives and libertarians don't do anything about it right Uh, they don't put their money where their mouth is so definitely support these libertarian authors uh definitely check out the aetherverse uh find out more at the aetherverse.com that is the aetherverse.com and you can order right now on amazon and barnes and noble i will include the links in the show notes uh guys please follow us on twitter at no gimmicks pod please subscribe on itunes soundcloud google play or spotify if you're on itunes please give us a five-star rating and a good review i would really appreciate it all right without further ado here's my chat with the great drew holden all right guys we're here with my friend drew holden drew my brother how you doing brady great man how you doing doing all right so uh before we jump into the news of the day and uh there's as always a ton to cover uh how was your fourth of july man what'd you what'd you throw on the grill this year you know it was good it was really good uh pretty laid back we unfortunately couldn't snag the grills up top of the apartment but what we did do was we did beer can chicken. I don't know if you've ever done that, but basically you take a beer can, pour a little bit out, stick a chicken on top of it, sit it in the oven, uh, and it's delicious. Nice. That's yeah. outstanding. Did that, watch some fireworks. How about yours? There you go. I, I, I was good. We just had some friends over. I uh I did I didn't do the traditional, you know, burgers and stuff. I uh I grilled some cheddar dogs, some veggie skewers, and then I uh, grilled a couple uh, rainbow trout that I caught earlier this season. Oh, nice! Yeah, dude. I That's just I, solid. I rubbed it good. with I rubbed it literally, liberally rather with uh, olive oil, stuffed it with some dill, salt and pepper, and lemons. <sighs> threw it on the ooh, grill, ooh, ooh. low heat, low and slow. It was delicious, man. It was That's good. amazing. God, I'm jealous of that. That's real good. Yeah, man. So, all right. So the positive stuff out of the way. Let's get into some just solid. <laughs> 
good old American negativity. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, and we got it in spades. Uh, just a banner weekend for our friends on the political left, man. Um, look, let's just we'll we'll jump into the details, but there's nothing in this universe Black Lives Matter cares less about than George Floyd. There's nothing in all of creation that the Democratic Party cares about less than George Floyd. I mean, this was always about the destruction of America, the destruction of our history, the destruction of Western civilization. Yeah. And it always has been. Your thoughts, Drew? Yeah, and I mean, it's it seems like the killings took place decades ago, right? Like it's the the only thing that's drawn anyone's attention now is what what we're gonna what monuments we're gonna tear down, what history we're gonna scrape from existence, what books we're burning, what things we're throwing out. It's and you're right. I mean, I think it's there there are people, myself included, who I think can be deferential to the ideas of a lot of the the values that be. BLM could potentially speak for, but when you really peel the layers back and stare at it like that, it's not it's not about what it purports to be about. It's never been what it purports to be about. Uh, it's that it's a convenient conduit for the sort of radical change they're looking to impose on Americans who otherwise wouldn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, and like BLM will tell you that if you ask them. That that's the most fascinating part of this whole thing, man. Like it's the the press who's trying to you know make Black Lives Matter and like the corporations you know NFL NBA stuff like that it's those people it's like corporate America trying to make this Black Lives Matter thing happen Black Lives Matter themselves are like no no yeah we are evil communists <laughs> we want to destroy your country and we want to yeah. you know bring about a, a communist revolution that you know destroys everything you love I mean <laughs> if you ask them they'll they'll tell you but for some reason uh, most people you know they're they're hearing yeah. what these people are saying and they're not believing them for some reason this this is what it's always been about. Uh, here's here's a headline yeah. from the Washington Post this Saturday, the 4th of July, uh, the year of our Lord 2020. Quote, it's time to reconsider the global legacy of July 4th, 1776. American independence helped further colonialism and white supremacy. Unquote. So the Washington Post has come out and said that they believe the American founding was a mistake. It's yeah. Yeah. I don't know how else you read that line, because to me, it's it, it's inarguable. And for a long time, it didn't even need to be argued, right, that the American cause and America's history has furthered a lot of good things. It has it has furthered the flourishing of freedom around the globe. That wasn't controversial. I mean, until 15 minutes ago, no one would give no reasonable person would give you pushback on that. Right. You have your 18 year old socialists in like a, their their freshman year your econ courses who are upset about that and you have like the the real drudges of the internet that you have to pull up not the website but the literal drudge like the, the worst you can pull up from the internet right are saying things like that and now and now it's now it's a common a, a common and somehow unremarkable talking point that half of our governing half of half of the people in charge of the, the thought leaders the newspapers what have you take this as an accepted wisdom it's insane yeah you're, you're absolutely right I, I just don't know how we I can get along with just about anybody. I can have a, a conversation about politics with just about anybody, but I can't with people that believe that this country was a mistake. Like, I, I just don't know how you can coexist with people that believe America is fundamentally evil and never should have happened. Like, I, I just don't yeah, understand. Yeah, irredeemable. Like, yes, yes. I, I don't know how we get along with—I don't know how we move forward with these people. I don't know I, I don't know if we'll be looking at, like, a national divorce at some point. I, I, I don't know what, but I just don't understand how we can— coexist with the people that disagree with the very founding of the country. I, I just don't understand how we move forward. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure we can on any sort of intellectual playing field. I, I have right. no idea how you can move forward as a country when, you know, one one half of the power structure of the country is saying, this is bad, it was wrong. And I think what gets me, like there's, you know, as someone who I think 
In terms of people on the right, I think I'm a lot more sympathetic to a lot of the critical race theory stuff than most folks are. And so a lot of it, I, like some of it intuitively, I think resonates with me and I get it, right? Like I, I'm the type of person who looks forward to new Ta-Nehisi Coates articles. And I think that's probably a, a relative rarity in our party. I don't agree with a lot of it, but like it, it, it makes some degree of sense to me. But for a, for a really long time, I think there's been, even among the most radical elements, this idea that, hey, you know what, we need to, we need to do a better job of staring at the injustices and the bad things in the history of America, which I totally agree with. I'm sure you do too. Sure. But if you are, but if when you flip that narrative, so it becomes instead of that being important and instead of us, you know, balancing a little more bad, a little more good or whatever it is based on different perspectives, it's this notion of irredeemability of problematic from the, from the start, from the core that at our foundation, we are bad and wrong and have contributed to ill and always will. There's no, there's no reckoning and reasoning with that. Uh, and to me, like, I don't know what you can call it other, other than pretty fundamentally anti-American in a way that's religious. You know, and I think that's the other thing that gets me too is this isn't about this isn't about facts and logic and reason, right? Like you're you're talking to people whose conviction in this can only be called religious, and there's no shaking that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and it's it's escalating so quickly, and that's that's the troubling part. Yeah. Senator Tammy Duck, Duckworth, for instance, I mean she uh, she called uh, on, on CNN yesterday. She said that statues of George Washington should come down. Uh, it's funny. She literally attended George Washington University, by the way. So that's no. ad- adorable. God, but, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. And and the press and the Democrats are openly musing on television whether or not we should destroy Mount Rushmore. Like, literally, and this happened in four weeks, man. Four weeks ago, we were talking about holding Derek Chauvin accountable for the murder of George Floyd. So we went from hold Derek exactly. Chauvin accountable to nuke Mount Rushmore from orbit in four weeks. It's amazing. I mean, Four it, weeks. And in the... Interim, like, you know, it's, it's like a fire raging out of control because the original place where the fire was burning is gone, right? No one's talking about, like, one was even, even from the folks who are adamant about defunding the police. When the hell was the last time you heard anyone talk about defunding the police? No, no. Or reforming the police? Weeks. Like, there, there are people who are still plugging away at it on the Hill, I'm sure. But in terms of the, the popular narrative in the media, that's not, like, no, there's, there's been no airtime given to that recently. So it doesn't no, matter. There, there's one person talking about, uh, Tim Scott. That's it. Mm-hmm. Tim Scott introduced a bill, a a pretty solid bill, some things I disagree with, but a pretty solid police reform bill, and the Democrats blocked it. They wouldn't even hold a vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's pathetic. I mean, it's—you're absolutely right. I mean, it's—look, and I'm a libertarian, man. As you know, I've been calling for police reform for literally (laughs) three three and a half years on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Since long before it was cool, you know what I mean? I I think that there are a lot of racist policies, you know, and I I believe— there's a lot of racist laws, drug laws, for instance. I believe all drugs should be legal, right? You know, because I'm one totally. of those radicals. And, yeah. But, so, but yeah, nobody cares about that. We're we're not going to get a police reform bill passed. You know, Nancy Pelosi won't let it happen. Chuck Schumer won't let it happen. And here's the thing: we we truly cannot give these people an inch, right? Exactly. A bill a bill that was now withdrawn. They did withdraw the bill. You know, maybe they saw the light. But there was a bill introduced. Uh, by a group of, I forget the other senators, but it was three Republican senators. It was written by Ron Johnson, the Republican from Wisconsin. Uh, that would make Juneteenth a federal holiday and get rid of Columbus Day. Get rid of Columbus Day, right? Like, I think we both agree that Juneteenth should be a federal holiday, but 100%. never get, if anything, make Columbus Day Columbus Month, okay? He's one of the great <laughs> heroes of history, one of the great men of history. And Republican Republicans are talking about getting rid of Columbus Day. These Republicans are the women who get the crap kicked out of them by their husbands, okay? They're like, well, maybe if I do what he wants, he'll stop beating the shit out of me. 
No, he won't. When has that ever happened in the history of the world? That's not how life works, okay? These people, Mitt Romney, marching with Black Lives Matter. Maybe if I do what they want, they'll stop hurting me. Grow some balls. Grow yeah. some balls. I mean, the left, the left, leftists are evil, but they at least have balls. They at least have the courage of their That's convictions, true. right? These feckless, right. gutless Republicans. It's like, dude, you trying to save the country or not? Because I am. You know, like, I actually want a country for my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Right. Do you? Does Mitt Romney? Because you can't negotiate with these people. You can't capitulate. You, can't, you don't negotiate with terrorists. These people are literally domestic terrorists hurting people, you know, destroying property. You don't negotiate with terrorists, okay? You don't negotiate with people that believe the American founding was a mistake. And that's what guys like yeah. Mitt Romney and Ron Johnson are doing. It's disgusting. Yeah, and every time they do, what ends up happening is the the window shifts just a little bit more, right? Like it, it, as soon as it becomes a bipartisan idea that a group of true fundamental radicals like BLM's demands should be met, you shift that window just a tiny bit more. And it's not the sort of thing that happens, I don't think, in any sort of public awareness or consciousness, but subtly these things, the, the window moves, the things shift. And I'm sure if anybody knows that it's BLM, right? They've been pushing for years and years on this thing. That's one of the, re obviously there's a flashpoint, but that's why they've had so much success is that people have given ground. And in a lot of cases, like the whole point of, of a conservative school of thought is that there are things worth holding the line for, right? Like, yes. like the, the, the general animating spirit of our party, at least was, God only knows what it is now, but for a really long time was that there are things, there are histories, there are ideas that have been bequeathed to us that we should hold on to. Yes. As soon as we start capitulating on the fundamental raison d'etre of our party, of our school of thought, of our, of our political philosophy, we're going to be in for a lot of trouble. And I think you're seeing that in real time right now. And, you know, I hate to admit it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Pre President Trump is holding the line more than the rest of the GOP is. I mean, it, and President, and I, President Trump yep. is a, a deeply unprincipled human being, right? <laughs> like, I'm not saying nope, that. Like, not agree more. Yeah. Yep. He's not this like, you know, he's not like reading Hayek, you know, and Mises at home. You know what yeah, I mean? He's exactly. not he's not right. reading he's probably never read the Federalist Papers. You know, like he's not he's not this deeply principled conservative or something, but he's showing more principle than Mitt Romney, than Ron Johnson. Yeah. Get rid of Columbus Day, Ron Johnson. Really? Like President Trump is the one at least attempting to hold the line at least a little bit. And they, these were the rest of the GOP can't do it. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like you're right. It's not like he like peered over his reading glasses as he looks up from Hume <laughs> late at night no. as he's puzzling about the merits of conservative philosophy. Right? But like, no. he does seem on a very guttural, instinctual level to say, you know what? If the other side wants it so bad, maybe I shouldn't. Yes, maybe there's yes. something here. And I think yes. and, I, and, and I think that's that's the impulse. It's, it's a lizard brain thing. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But I think no, he's, I agree. he's got it and he's got it strongly. And, you know, there are some times where like today, right, he. He tweeted again about Bubba Wallace and it's some weird oh like quasi defense oh of the Confederate flag, which is bullshit, right? Like it's 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 unequivocal bullshit. Yes. And I think he misfires plenty often because, again, he's not guided by any sort of meaningful principles. But it's that knee jerk of no, you know what, if they're if they're banging on the doors to, to pull something down, maybe we should think twice about keeping it up. And I yes. think it's that it's I don't remember who who pushed it forward the other day, but it's this kind of wartime conservative spirit where we are, like, as soon as we, like, there, there has to be a little bit more, and people like me, don't, don't get me wrong, like, I'm saying this as someone who is very much an old guard, compassionate, conservative kind of guy, and I think it's just recently, in the last couple of months, started to dawn on me, like, we do need, we need more people with guns on the balustrades, guarding, yes. guarding what we stand for and what 
we believe. And sometimes it is messy and sometimes it is tough. Right. And that's and I think there were a lot of Americans who woke up to that before 2016. And that's how you get a guy like Trump. And again, I think there's a lot of other things we need to do against that backdrop. But I am starting to see the wisdom in it. I got to be honest with you. And it, it pains me a little bit to say that. But um, we're we're we've brought for so long. We've brought poorly sharpened knives to a gunfight against cultural warriors who, again, as you say, like they are they are girded by the conviction of their beliefs and they're willing to fight for them. And if they're fighting against a bunch of feckless cowards, they're going to win every time. And we're just the Republican Party needs to be and just conservatives and libertarians in general need to be. They need to listen to the left. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I forget who authored the quote that we all quote all the time when people tell you who they are, believe them. I mean, they're, they're, tell, they're, yeah, they're right. telling you they're saying we the left want your children to grow up in a communist state. That's what they're saying. Yep. They're saying that plainly. And we're like, oh, they don't mean it, though. <laughs> they don't mean it. They're just joking. They're just joking when they're punching people in the face. They're just joking when they're threatening to kill people or actually killing people. That murder, yeah. that was a joke. That was a sarcastic, it was an ironic murder, right? It, they ironically tore down a statue of Ulysses S. Grant. That was, they were doing yeah. it sarcastically, guys. They're well-meaning. No, they're not. They're evil commies. They're, t- they're saying, yes, we, are, we, Black Lives Matter, are evil communists. <laughs> they're telling us who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's... Man, if if Trump is showing more principle than the rest of the GOP, I don't. I, I, that doesn't say anything good. But like, it is funny. Sure, just a side not. note. Just a just a thought I, I had. Like, this isn't the first time Trump has shown principle like this. Like, it's not very often. But mm-hmm. you know, like when no one else does, and like, what you know, whether you like or don't like Trump's Iran policies, you know, you know, it does matter. But I remember when uh when Iran shot down um one of our Predator drones. And uh, the, the mm-hmm. generals, and obviously you have to act, you got to do something, right, uh, in, in response to that. And the generals put together a plan to, to hit some military installation, and Trump said, well, you know, how many of our guys died? And, well, none. Well, how many guys, yeah. other guys would die? And they said, well, 150. And he's like, well, all right, that didn't make any sense. Call it off. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, one, exactly. that, that's extraordinarily principled and morally correct. And I don't think right. there's another president in my lifetime that would have made that choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah, I obviously Bush, obviously Obama would have pulled the trigger there. I mean, there's a eight, 16 years of history uh, on that. I, I bet Clinton yeah, probably would have as well. So it's like, you know, he w- does have these moments as as a very simple-minded man that I think he. I'm not saying he's not smart. You're not you're not a le- you're not a billionaire who's the president of the United States unless you're intelligent. But you know, he's definitely a simple guy. You know, he's a very mm-hmm. simple man. But he does from time to time, you know, rise to the occasion and show, you know principle when a lot of other presidents would not right and i think in a lot of the cases where he's done it and this seems like another one of them it's in the sort of it's in the cases and conditions where it can be easy for the the establishment republicans to back down right it's really really easy to give a couple of inches of ground on the culture war front Um, and i think conservatives have have learned that time and again that all all you have to do is back down a little bit and retreat a little bit and you're still standing but look at all this ground you lost and it's been years and years and years and years of conservatives just saying eh, you know what fine drag brunches who cares this, these things don't matter they're not worth fighting about eh, like you know that it's the jk rowling defense is it worth it these days it's like yeah you know what like it's always more easy and you, you mentioned corporate america this is their same consideration too like it's always easier to be safer on these sorts of things but the reality is we're we're giving up ground every single time we take a step back rather than go out to meet what is essentially a cultural insurgency. 
that's I think that sort of mentality that more conservatives need to adopt. Um, that like there things are changing, changing rapidly, and changing in a way where we are constantly on the defensive. And there's only so the more ground we give up, the the more advantageous we put our enemies in. We need to go on the offensive, man. You know, and it's and I've I've talked about this primarily with the gun debate. Uh, how it sickens me that conservatives are constantly playing defense. I mean, you know, we gave up you know bump stocks in the last couple of years. You know, we're no longer yeah. allowed to own automatic weapons. You know, I it, so it's like I'm, I'm tired of this, and the, that's why I can't stand the NRA, right? The NRA, they're a bunch of pussies too. I mean, <laughs> they they'll, <laughs> they'll endorse gun control laws from time to time. I'm like, really, really? Because I I think we should be allowed to own F-18 Super Hornets if we can afford it. Okay, <laughs> I think I should be true, able to pl- the park. The true libertarian appears. No, I mean, I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm not saying this ironically. I actually do mean that, that private citizens and corporations should be able to own uh, tactical nuclear warheads. Like, I actually do believe that people should have whatever weapons should be available to, to own whatever weapon that the state owns. So, but that's just me. I know that's a very a extreme minority position. But the point is, <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> but I, I'm tired of playing defense, and we need to pick some of these, these, these issues and go on the offensive and actually retake ground. I can't. Remember the last time, culturally, the right has retaken any ground. I, I, I'm really trying it's, to think. Like, yeah, when when have we is, actually pushed? It back? is retaking. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's the framing that we lose because I think it's easy, you know, for like conservative ink people like me a little bit to say, well, you, you know, we're the conservative party. Like, of course, we're on the defensive, which I think is fair and, and right, right? Like, uh, it, within the state of nature, we are going to be on the defensive. Fine, totally get it. But the reality is, it's been decades and decades of this shit where we have been we've been the one losing ground. We've been the one in the defensive crouch and we've been backing up. And so at this point to change gears a little bit, wouldn't be to go on the offensive. It would be, it would truly be to retake uh, what could only be a tiny fraction of the ground that we've given enough for decades. And you know, some of it is worth, in my mind, at least some of it is worth capitulating. Right. So I think some of the, some of the changes we've had since the days of the nineties religious, right. Are the sorts of ground we should give up. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but, but some of it isn't. Some of it isn't. And I don't think there's even a – I think the, a, a big part of the problem is that there's not even a calculation going on of what is the ground we should versus shouldn't give up. It's always one step back, one step back, one step back. Right. Well, and I don't even – I think I disagree with you that we should capitulate at all. Like I don't even think some of the 80s and 90s religious light right stuff was conservative at all. I think it was antithetical yeah, to conservative. Yeah, maybe that's a better way. That's a better way to frame it. Right, right. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it's that you you talk about being more of an establishment conservative than I am and stuff. But like even, you know, even taking like libertarianism out out of it, like when did standing athwart history and yelling stop become standing athwart history and saying, please eat me last? Yes, exactly. Please. I'm going to stand up. Yeah. Like William F. Buckley didn't say a conservative is a man who stands up athwart history saying, please slow down a little bit. Maybe knock it back from 80 miles an hour to 75. Absolutely not. He said, stop. Stop. I mean, shut the fuck up, leftist. No, it's not going to happen this time. Like what? It's it's not I'm not even saying that everybody has to, you know, convert to my brand of like, you know, conservative libertarianism or anything like that. I'm just like, I'll just go back to Bill Buckley, actually stand athwart history and yell stop, not say, please slow down a little bit. Please stop hitting me. Maybe if I do what you want, if I cook dinner better tomorrow, you won't hit me again. Stop. Grow some balls. Like, I'm tired of these feckless conservatives. It's disgusting, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, and unfortunately, you see it at every at every level, right? It's it's from the elected 
officials who don't want to get in the squabbles before an election, all the way down to the next generation of like conservative and kids who are 18, 19, 20 years old and a big deal on Twitter. Like you see that mentality. And I think some of it on it's like some of it is learned, right? They're being they're, they're being taught that this is the way to do it. And it really is a reframing, but it is it's everywhere. And I mean, it's it, it's it, what it really is, is cultural suicide. At the end of the day, you can't you can't keep that up and, and be able to preserve a movement. There's no shot. No, you're absolutely right. Um, all right, let's talk about another. Let's go right back to the Washington Post. We're really going to just handle them today. <laughs> I actually don't even think I'm going to uh, quote the New York Times today. The New York Times is, is usually even worse than, than the Post. Yeah. But uh, here's another uh, just an outstanding headline from our friends over at the Washington Post. Uh, quote, while offensive TV shows get pulled, problematic books are still inspiring debate and conversation, unquote. So the press has just officially endorsed book burning. That, it's amazing. As, a, as, a, as our mutual friend uh, Matt's Idea Shop said on Twitter, you know, Adolf entered the chat. <laughs> they've, gone, they've gone full Hitler. Actually, I mean, we, we know the left uh, is not a big fan of the Jews, so adding book burning into the mix, I guess, makes sense. Maybe a little bit of projecting uh, when, when, with yeah, the whole seriously. Republicans or Nazis stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I, God, it's like, I, I think you know we we were talking about this earlier. There's, there's this mentality I think that's so common right now among progressive activist types that there are a series of ideas that we now have decided are bad. Some of those it's probably good that we've decided are bad, right? It's good that in the last few hundred years the mentality around slavery has changed. You're not going to get any argument from anyone, certainly not me, on that point. But as we like the idea that somehow the way we should treat difficult ideas from the past is to throw them in the bonfire is truly and frighteningly anti-intellectual. Yes. And it like it's and this is this is I think I always want to encourage people to keep reading when they pick up 1984 because they kind of leave it there. But the, the important point is this is this is a slippery slope in real time. The problem isn't just that you burn books. It's that burning books is a step on a path to ruin. And that's what the left wants. I mean, they, they do want like Joe Biden tweeted uh, today that, you know, if when he's elected president, he'll radically transform the country. I mean, if, if you love something, you don't want to transform it into something else. Like if you if you love I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're dating a girl, you know, if you, if you love her, you're not going to try to change her into a different person or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's not if you love this country, you don't want to radically transform it. So Joe Biden just admitted that he hates America. Right. He just admitted that he hates this and, country. And, yeah, and I I agree. And, and you know, it's I don't understand it. Like I, it, it's you know, this is this is very much like the suicide of the West in real time. But like, why? I get that it's in vogue now to to focus more on the faults than the successes. But it's 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 stupefying that you could throw out all those successes. And that was again, this was unifying. This is this was the mentality that rallied our country after 9-11. This has sustained us for hundreds of years. And now in the twinkling of an eye in the social media age, we've seen this go not just out of style, but it has, it's, it's become, it, it's become a, a persona non grata mentality. And just to hit the, the right one more time, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I mean, while doing. the left is talking about burning books, while the left is talking about blowing up Mount Rushmore, <laughs> Okay. Quite literally, like that's not <laughs> hyperbole, man. Like that's literally, literally no. what what's the right doing? They're posting black squares on Instagram. They're yeah. talking about ending Columbus Day. They're writing pieces condemning Trump for being too mean to the left. Oh, there's so his language. Oh, it's too harsh. Oh, he shouldn't call them communists. Even though they call themselves communists, he should just he should be very nice to them. 
And the left is burning books yeah. and tearing down Mount Rushmore. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Get in the game. Yeah. The, the next David <laughs> French piece, I swear, the next David French piece criticizing Trump for being a big orange meanie when the left is trying to burn <laughs> books. Okay, when the left is yeah. trying to silence David French, okay, and yeah, he's too exactly. busy orange but, man batting all over Twitter. It's like, dude, get in the fight, brother, please. We need you. Yeah, right. And the the reality is, you know, I think that the eat us last mentality is an important one because what what these folks don't seem to learn on, on left and right is the mob will come for them eventually, right? Like Bill Crystal may have made his bed with the 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 modern progressive leftist movement, and that might be fine for his paycheck for a couple of months, maybe a couple of years, but eventually he will be evil too. Eventually they will come for him too. And I, I don't like, I, I don't know if it's like a death gasp of, of wanting to be relevant or what, but you, you're right. Like, unless you are manning, like, unless you're manning the defenses the way that people need to start manning the defenses, um, you know, we're all, but we're not, we're allowing them to take ground that we have ceded by our inaction. And, and I think the circular firing squad often from the anti-Trump folks is only hastening that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you don't take a stand here, where do you take a stand? You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I don't like. Right. If it's if, if the destruction of our history is something that you're not willing to fight against, if if the the burning and, and toppling of our collective memory as Americans is not something is not the sort of thing that makes you run to the ramparts, then then, then what the hell are you here for? Like, what, what bone in your body is conservative if that's not a fight worth having to you? The Democratic nominee just said he wants to radically transform the country into something completely different. I mean, if, if you don't take a stand there. I mean, yep. I mean, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. This is what got me. This is what got me, too. Like, I remember it was who was it, it was Joe Walsh, who uh, if you remember oh what, Joe Walsh, who really went to bat for Bernie back when he, and, and Biden. And he's like, I don't care if the nominee is Bernie Sanders. I would knock doors for Bernie Sanders. And it's the same thing where, like. I do think the Trump derangement syndrome thing is real because you have these people whose minds have been so twisted by the events of the last few years that they really do seem to lose scope and scale for the backdrop of what's going on. Like Bernie Sanders versus Biden is a drop in the bucket within a broader cultural war that we're seeing take place. And if you are so laser focused on whether Trump's a big meanie on Twitter or whatever the hell it is that's occupying your attention, like should should people speak up and speak about these things? Yes. If they come to dominate your existence, existence rather than the things that matter like you're just not you're, you're not thinking at the right level you're not focusing on the right things you're not hitting the right targets um and, and we i worry we have far far too much of that within the conservative cause absolutely and and, and books doesn't aren't... help it's not, it's not getting us it, it, it's self-defeating yes you're absolutely correct and like and i just don't understand if a lot of conservatives and republicans understand the stakes here either you know it's not it's not just about banning books right. from schools or whatever what does that mean that means changing the way you educate children. I don't have any children yet. You have any kids, Drew? I don't think you do. No, no, I don't. Okay, so neither one of us have kids yet, but eventually, you know, I hopefully will. Uh, yep, and same. I care uh, what is taught to my future children, okay? And, and a lot of people that listen to this show are younger. I mean, I, a lot, some aren't, some are older. But, you know, a lot of a lot of the people listen to the show are, like, in their 20s. They're probably not married, don't have kids, etc. Yeah, but think about it. Think about down the road when you are married and do have kids and want to educate those children, okay? If you let the left yep. burn all the books, <laughs> okay, and the only thing left yeah. to teach your ch your children in government-run schools is, you know, the Communist Manifesto and Das Kapital, okay? If that's what yeah. – really? Really? That's what you want your kids learning in high school? Is that what you want? Because that's exactly. what you're going to get if you don't take a stand here. It's about your children. Yep. It's about your grandchildren. Right. It's, it's about you. 
Like they're trying to destroy right. your family. What is the family. world you want to hand off? Yes. Yeah, exactly. What, what is the country, world you want to hand off? What future do you want? What future do you want? If you don't take a stand now, you're not going to get the one you want. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, and the other thing too is like as frightening as just the book burning. <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this out loud. As frightening just as the book burning is, the reality too is like this is this is only another step. Right. Like, and I think that what what more conservatives need to do is zoom out a little bit and realize that each of these individual finite actions, be it Rushmore, be it Washington statue, be it burning books, whatever, like these are just steps in a path that's all about control. Right. There are a lot of people, um, well-meaning people who I uh, am friends with on the left, whose mentality about what the government should control bends differently than mine. Historically, we've agreed on a pretty wide playing field. There's now very clearly an animating spirit within the progressive movement, which has hijacked in a lot of ways the Democratic Party, about how much different people, bean counters and others within the bureaucracy, within the administrative state, can make decisions about what is and isn't right. And what we should really be fighting is what really needs our attention in my book is that mentality is cancerous. It's yes. terrible. It's tragic. Yes. That's like... As soon as you start deferring to the government on all these tiny, itty-bitty little decisions, this is how you get Orwell. This is how you get communist China. Yeah. This is how you get a government that – like, of course, the next logical step is what we're seeing in China, where you have people who have you know, social scores, and if your score is too low that you can't travel, you can't leave the country, you can't get jobs, you can't get all the – these other things like th if the end result is control, which it very obviously is for a wide segment of this party, then the road to ruin is the one we're already walking on. And so if you don't put your foot in the ground somewhere and you keep going on this path, I, I think history has shown us exactly where it ends. Absolutely. It doesn't happen all at once. I mean, the Roman Republic didn't fall when Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon. Right. It was it was happening exactly. for a, a long time before that. You know, Hitler didn't start with Auschwitz. Right. Yeah. Okay. There was yeah, a lo yeah. there was a lot of moving parts going back twenty years to predate that. I you know it it doesn't you might not think these battles are a big deal but they truly are. Uh, Drew, thanks so much for doing this, man. This is a lot of fun. We'll do it again soon. Uh, where can everybody uh, follow you online and keep in touch with you and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely, man. Pleasure as you know is always mine and happy to be here. And obviously, there's there's enough for us to talk about these days. Unfortunately, it's oh, of course. Bad things, but best place. To yeah, seriously. Um, best place. I haven't, truth told, I haven't written recently, but um, for folks who follow me, uh, I'm, I write for the Resurgent pretty often. I've taken a little bit of a hiatus lately because I've been a little bit busy otherwise. But um, check me out at the Resurgent, and then Twitter. I'm far too active on. It's Drew Holden 360. So throw me a follow. Definitely follow there. Drew. He uh, he puts together probably the best threads. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, uh, you, your thread game has been extremely, extraordinarily strong lately, Drew. So <laughs> definitely follow I mean, Drew man, on Twitter. The Unfortunately, the um, the worse things go, the easier it makes my life in terms of the thread department. So that's uh, there's there's a direct correlation there, and it's a dark one, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if we actually do save the country, then the threads will definitely suffer. So that that would be sad. But everybody follow. I would happily retire from it. <laughs> yes, amen, brother. Everybody follow Drew on Twitter. He's great. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>